Hey everybody, welcome to Hit Rewind. This episode we're discussing the first three Prophecy films. I'm Michael, that's Curzy on the other side. How's it going? Um, is it wrong for us to skip four and five? I don't feel it's necessary because it's not part of the core story. I was shocked there was a third one, to be honest. I, I, I don't know how far you can take this concept. Yeah. Or like this, the, what this movie, what the first movie does, which it does really well. Well, you can't really translate it into the multiple. Yeah, I it's like four and five I've seen, but I don't remember jack shit. I know they're not connected to the first three, like at least the core story. Here's the thing: I don't think Prophecy was ever planned as a trilogy, but I think they did an okay job of making it a trilogy. Like two and three are more connected than they are to one. So yeah, I yeah like. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I, I, like, with the first one, it felt like it was a one and done, and then they were surprised by how much money it made, and like, oh, shit, but I think two and three were like, hey, let's make plans for a, 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 a trilogy, like the way it did with Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, those ones worked well together as, like, as a continuation. It kind of, but they felt more like a TV version of a movie, kind of like how the uh, Terminator Chronicles yeah. It doesn't really feel like a Terminator movie, but it's, yeah, that's kind of like the vibe that I got. And these are never big budget movies. I think the first one was $6 million, and, and, and it was it was a negative pickup for Dimension Pictures back when they didn't have much money. And they just threw it on a Labor Day weekend. I just remember, like, we all thought the trailer was really cool, and then they were shocked when it had the biggest opening ever for a Labor Day weekend. And that's weird to think, like, $9 million, whatever, was a record breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's a really interesting film that talks about religion in a way that's very different, unique, and has its own style than a lot of other movies do. And even when you're watching two and three, which don't really feel like the first movie, you can definitely sense the style is still there. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it helps is that they had the same cinematographer and I believe yeah. the same editor. So they, they kept the look and the, the, the pace the same. And yes, you know, they have Christopher Walken for all three of them. So that helps too, instead of it feeling like just another generic sequel, like the way they did with Mimic, where it's just another bug and a whole new cast. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the thing that I really enjoy about the first one is that it, it does kind of play on, I don't want to say religious anxieties, but there is a sort of uniqueness to how it talks about um, heaven and hell in that like really when you think about heaven and hell as a concept it is actually really daunting and frightening in a way that I don't think a lot of people really talk about so like the idea of angels existing people see angels as like this positive thing but they're terrifying like, yeah. they, they throughout the bible and history they've they've done some horrendous things to people and they're incredibly powerful and if they don't like you that's terrifying so i like that they kind of play on that i also like that heaven and hell is more complicated than we would think like because like the first movie is all about trying to send the soul of a war criminal to heaven and the thinking about that idea of like it's a strategic move to keep this horrible person in paradise with you is is really creepy. Yeah, it's because it, they think that by stealing his soul, who was like this fucking freak show, like uh, Hitler level, like war crime kind of guy, and that they can use his ideas in the battlefield in the war for heaven. 
and you know Eric Stoltz is one of the good or, good angels or whatever and he has to steal the soul hide it or whatever to keep it from Gabriel and his army it was a very I just never seen anything that really approached heaven and hell like this around this time though Grant Morrison over at DC Comics did introduce a character Zuriel, I think it was, where and he taps more into like the darker elements of what those stories were. Yeah, and there are other comics like I'm going back reading some uh, Constantine. This was like eighty four to eighty seven. Yeah, and they definitely had a very dark tones about like what heaven and hell looks like, and yeah, you know, like Constantine hate does not like does not like Satan, obviously, but he also hates God, and he you know they they kind of explore those themes of like. If the Bible was real, no, you probably wouldn't like God either. And so it's interesting to see it in movie form. Yeah. Well, and I think DC is known for tapping into that kind of stuff. It always seems like Marvel's afraid of it. And Prophecy feels like a Vertigo comic if it was like the mid-90s. You know, something that would fit with Preacher. Yeah, definitely like the action scenes are a little little cheesy. It definitely has comic book vibes in there. Yeah. Oh, that part where, and it was edited, I feel like it was edited purely for the trailer. It was like, you, and then it shows Christopher Walken, Will, and Chris, back Christopher Walken, not hurt her, and then it blows up the trailer. When I was like, you made that for the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he gives a really fantastic performance, and I think people forget that for a long time, Christopher Walken was mostly cast as a villain. Yeah. And then also, yeah, he has, like, definitely yeah. has that face and that vibe. Yeah, and then he, they dyed his hair black. But I, I think it's really interesting, like the the uh, evolution of his character too. But I, scarier than Gabriel in any way whatsoever is fucking Vigo Martensen as Lucifer. Holy shit! <laughs> Seductive yeah. and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, incredibly charismatic, which is something you don't want in Satan. <laughs> Yeah, but then he doesn't he threaten Virginia Madsen? He's like, I could fill your mouth with your own feces or whatever and let you burn for a thousand years or something. Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah, I just he's so unique in his approach to Satan, too, because you see a lot of portrayals, and, and none of them feel right. They're either like, oh, this is, this is like some campy shit, or he's really charming. This one, it just felt like, yeah, I imagine that's what Satan would be like. And it, it's it's so it, yeah it's really good. Um, I really enjoy that. Like he says very little. It's just mostly in just how he looks at people. It's yeah. just terrifying. Like he he looks at people as if they're as if it's food. Oh yeah, he's just something that he needs to consume to to take and own and destroy. One thing I was kind of confused about though. Um, so why did uh, why did Satan kill Gabriel at the end? Why 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 did he not want the soul? Um. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you can. Can you? If you're saying, can you consume the soul of another angel? I have no idea. I, I was like, he, it looked like he just ate his face or something, whatever, and then you know snapped his neck and took him down to hell with him. And then, of course, in the second one, he. So he takes he takes him out because Gabriel wants a war in heaven. He thinks that he's going to create a whole other hell, and there's not enough room for two hells. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. So that's so he he didn't want him to win. So that's why he was helping Virginia Madsen and Elias Cotillas, uh save that girl, or whatever. Um, but then in the second one, he realizes, oh, he can't even tolerate him down in hell. He's such a pain in the ass. He kicks his ass out of hell, <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> 
And then, um, go ahead. No, sorry, go ahead. Um, and then the second one, they go in a different direction where Gabriel's trying to stop the the a descendant uh, the the child of an angel and a human, which has never happened before. Uh, and then I guess that was that would that would give birth to a warrior that could actually stop the war in heaven. And so he wants to stop it at any means whatsoever. He really hates humans, by the way. He keeps calling them monkeys like every five seconds. Right. Yeah. That, that's kind of the the basically the the gist of Gabriel's view on humanity is that like we are sinful and we are just like these simple creatures. Obviously, you know, angels are incredibly powerful in. in in this movie series and i guess in in the bible too but anyway like the way that they view humans is like they like wait you're giving them the choice to not believe in you and then people do like these people are stupid like they don't they don't understand what's going on and and so he's like why would you want to make a child with one of these creatures like this doesn't make any sense like basically you're trying to get you're trying to get humans into heaven which he doesn't want he doesn't like the competition he doesn't like having to uh, share God's grace with uh, with humans. Yeah, and it's just a big sticking point for him and his followers. I kind of wish the movie was a little bit bigger budget so that you could see more into his army. You know, I mean, it's so low budget, you really only see Eric Stoltz and like one henchman of of uh, Christopher Walken's. And so it, does, it doesn't get really elaborate. They, they do really cool effects though in the sky where they show, I don't know if they'd use miniatures or what they did or stop motion animation to show like visions of you know angels who have fallen now their skeletons and the war that they would have in heaven or they did have in heaven. Yeah, um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, we we phrased the first movie I think to uh, a lot. It, it's an excellent movie. Definitely check it out. It still holds up pretty well. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is the bones are there because Gregory Wyden. Uh, also created Highlander and Backdraft, and in both of those franchises, that he built a huge world for you to explore and a lot of mythos, and that's what he does with the prophecy. Yeah, he does it very well. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that's the only movie that he directed because uh, while he produces two and three, I, I think it was just in paycheck only. I don't really think he had much quality control over it. I'm kind of shocked that he didn't try to guide the franchise to its sequels. Yeah, because the, the the biggest problem I have with two and three is that it's just the Terminator. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see that. And the second one was intended to be in theaters, and then uh, Dimension got cold feet, and apparently it's a really chopped up mess. If you look, it's only eighty two minutes long, but it's supposed to be way longer than that. And then they decided just to throw it on video for a director video release. It's pretty damn good for a theatrical release. I would say it's just okay. I mean, it's, it's 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 fairly solid. I, I had some issues with it. It's definitely not as good as the first one, but I thought they they built on a lot of uh, weaknesses from the first movie. Um, they added you know more lore. There's a lot more interesting uh, new concepts to explore. There was uh, more going on with like uh, Gabriel's uh, slave that he would that he would create, um, where like it, in. So I guess I should back up. So in the first movie, Gabriel has the ability to bring someone who's like has it who's basically in purgatory and bring them bring their souls back to their body and he basically he wouldn't let them die until they fulfilled whatever purpose that he wants them done 
Right, and he keeps bringing up the fact that he can't drive, which is weird to me. Teach your, you're, you're an angel. Teach yourself how to drive. It would have been interesting if they just didn't have the ability, like there's something wrong with their hands like or their feet or something, they couldn't do it. There's never explanation like he is, his body or his brain couldn't comprehend how to drive. It's like give yourself five minutes and figure the fuck out. <laughs> well, actually, I think there, I think there is something in the Bible about how like they can't touch the earth or something like that, which is why like they, they like they do that weird sit thing. It's, oh, okay. Uh, it, I mean, he does some, walk though. He, he does walk on. I mean, not to be a joke, walking. Uh, he does walk <laughs> on ground though. So it would have been more interesting if he just floated all the time. But of course, they didn't have the money for that. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe it's because he's wearing shoes, so he's not technically touching the ground. But then again, he could just wear shoes and drive, so I, I don't yeah. know what the reason is. Um, you know what's funny is I just remembered, I don't know if it's because of the crow or because of the prophecy, but I used to sit like that all the time in theater <laughs> class. I used to sit on, so, you know, stage boxes or whatever for or, uh, scenes or whatever, I used to sit on the edge of it like that. And i got to tell you, as, as a guy in his 40s, there's no way in fucking hell I would do it now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. It's a good look, though. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and... and, and so his so the people that he would bring back for whatever purpose that he wants in the in the first movie there was like two people but there wasn't really anything like about them it's usually played for a joke um but what i really liked about the second one was that the person they brought back is like an actual character like you know them before they die a little bit and then they actually have like wants and desires and goals right are, are like counter to what he wants so it's like interesting to see that power play yeah, they're not like just straight up like minions or like brain dead zombies or something like that. They have like everything they had before, personality wise. It's just they're technically dead. Yeah, and like usually he gets people who want to die, um, so that way he he can have that power over them. Yeah, because um, this he's, person. Yeah, he's trying to keep them alive. Yeah, and so the the but what's interesting about the second one is that his minion is someone who's basically calling his bluff, where it's like. Well, then just go ahead and, well, then I'm just not going to do what you want. How about that? <laughs> then what are you going to do? Yeah, and then he, and he, she does fuck with him and gives, uh, you know, the star a chance to get away. And I, I thought the, uh, I guess the tight budget, the, the special effects are still pretty lacking. You know a movie's low budget when there's a showdown in an empty warehouse. <laughs> or like yeah. a, a, some sort of uh, industry manufacturing thing. Or, or they show the angel's wings uh, in the shadow. Yeah. So you don't actually see it. Yeah. I, I, you know what's funny is I kind of like that insinuation because sometimes the... What's that movie where they're in a gas station or, or a diner or whatever and it's the angel and, and he has to protect it from a bunch of demons? What the fuck's that called? Um, Legion? Legion. Have you seen that movie? Paul mm. Bettany? Uh, no, but that also is just a Terminator yeah basically yeah the wings in that one are impressive but i almost rather they were just you know insinuated with you know this much more subtle imagery uh, uh, dogma did it really well but they also were so heavy that they permanently fucked up uh the backs of the actors who had to wear them so that wasn't good oh wow um yeah i think the second one is pretty good the third one i think do you have anything else to say before the second one before we go to the third It's pretty good. Uh, it is basically a Terminator ripoff, and but I do like kind of the twist at the end uh, that, uh, which is going to be very important to the third one, which is that Gabriel is kind of cursed with mortality, and so he has to live on Earth as a human, which is kind of his biggest fear. Yeah, taking away his power and his menace, and punishing him with the one thing that he hates the most. 
And so, yeah, that leads us into the third one. I think what drags down the third one so much, especially in the first 10, 15 minutes, is it's really poorly shot. And its pacing is so slow. And it's not until they get out of the morgue, I think, is that when it finally picks up. What did you think of the villain in uh, the third one? I don't remember him at all, yeah. to be honest. So is I've actually... forgettable? Yeah, it's Vincent Spano who briefly in the early 80s had a chance at being a star. He was in a couple of Coppola movies and stuff like that. And um, he is pretty fucking bland. There's not a whole lot to him in this performance. He, It almost feels like he's trying to do the exact opposite of Christopher Walken, who's very animated in this one and kind of having a fun time, I think. Um, yeah, oh yeah. And you can kind of tell Christopher Walken was only on this one for probably a week. Like, they just shot around his availability. Not, not the way the I, first two I would I would be shocked if it was more than five days. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if it was on purpose or it's just the way he acts. But I just thought his villain just didn't have anything. I wasn't entertained. It just kind of a slog. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. Again, I, I think it's, you know, it, it is, again, ter- it's basically Terminator 2 at this point. Um, oh yeah, I guess we should kind of explain what. Oh <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. So, so movie, right? Yeah, that kind of leads into the because these are connected. We really should kind of explain. So basically, what happens in the second movie is that an angel impregnates a woman, and um, Gabriel's trying to kill the child because you know he doesn't want um, humans and angels to be connected in, in any way. Um, but there's kind of a sect of angels who like view this as a prophecy to be fulfilled to end the war between heaven and hell, right? Right. Um, so uh, they they win in the end. Gabriel gets turned into a human, and that kind of leads to the third movie, where now the kid has grown up to be like sixteen to eighteen, somewhere in that range. And um, the, the the sect of heaven that's more in line with what Gabriel believes is trying to kill this kid. Well, actually, they they do kill this kid in the first like few minutes. Of the right. Movie. Right. And Brad Dorf. The consequences of that. Brad Dorf in a completely thankless cameo. Yes. <laughs> and so now there's uh, it, it, the new Gabriel or whatever is uh, pounding this kid, uh, trying to kill him by tearing out his heart. And because that's the only way you can kill an angel, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, what the problem is is that he's basically just doing a Terminator impression, and that works when you're a robot. That doesn't work when you're an angel. It's right. Just, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. I just I thought there'd be more passion in his performance, and I just kept thinking he's like, uh, "Let's go, all right, hey, where is he?" You know, like that kind of stuff. I was yeah. like, "Yeah, it's just Terminator clone." I do like the fact that it seems like ninety percent of the budget was spent on this fucking wire work <laughs> stunts. The choreography in the fight sequences is, is better than the first two. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I just don't know. I um, just, it just feels like I, I it was like a last, like, what do we got left? Let's scrape that bottom of the barrel, you know? Yeah, I, but the, here's the problem. The, the other major problem of the third one is that all of the interesting things that you could do with Gabriel is all shown, is not shown at all. Like, so by the third movie, Gabriel finally understands what it means to be a human because he's had to live with being a human for the last 16 or so years. Uh-huh. But we don't see that transformation. He just comes into the movie like the good guy. But we don't, like, I would love to see his journey. Yeah, um, that would have been interesting. To understand yeah. humanity. Yeah. Yeah, all he did is show, like, a brief scene. Movie. Yeah, there's a brief scene when he was a child or something. He comes to, like, not necessarily protect him, but he's just there to block whatever was happening. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense either. Because, like, 
Gabriel was on Earth like for what three years when the kid when in that scene, right? Maybe. So like, yeah. so yeah, like he basically has been around before he but the Earth was created, and so like for what two thousand years he had like this firm belief that was anti-human, and then three years on Earth and suddenly he's like loves humanity. It's just that eh, they kind of they kind of they gloss over that a lot. Yeah, yeah, they they really booted that up fast. Like, ha ha, everybody's great now, awesome. There's no like reluctantly trying to do something good and then slowly realizing hey this ain't too bad you know some some sort of journey that was completely skipped um do you think it's absurd that the little girl from the first movie shows up in the third movie and she's i mean literally was shot five years after the first movie and you just see like yeah she's only aged five years but the kid and then no (laughs) the kid was actually older than her and i was like no this doesn't they should have got a different actress yeah (laughs) that was absurd yeah, I think there's a yeah. lot left on the table they could have done. It's so weird that the guy that, that directed this, he was uh, Wes Craven's go-to um, uh, editor, and he went and did like Drive Angry and My Bloody Valentine remake. You'd think there'd be more energy and craziness to it, but it all depends on what the, the money allowed. Yeah, that's just kind of the, the unfortunate reality of it. It's like there was a lot of really interesting things that they could have done and i don't know if a studio got scared about like what a potential third movie would look like but it just seems like any decision they made was like to to make it more digestible just made it worse yeah what is exactly the premise there's another angel who wants to create another hell or something like that who was the guy they kept seeing in the visions and he had a showdown with at the end i didn't get that oh i thought that was i thought that was satan that he was fighting so it's just okay. Sure. Well, I guess they couldn't get Vigo, but I was just trying to figure that out because I kept thinking that um, that they kept they they said something about it. it's another hidden angel who wants to create an alternate hell, and I'm like, so just another Gabriel? I don't understand. So yeah, and that's why he was born so he could finally finish off the war. Well, the war was finished. I can't remember what four and five were about, so I'm curious if those are connected or there's just a whole new story around the angels and uh, Earth's you know uh, Earthlings firing uh, fighting. I can't talk. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you could do for perspective four and five. I, I don't know what that would look like. Out of curiosity, if they're streaming, I guess I'll just watch them, but I don't know. I would just read the synopsis, probably. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Okay. Um, so that is it. I'm, I don't think we'll go talk about it. The first three are just the ones you really need to talk about, um, and I guess that's it. Yeah, I, I would obviously high recommend one, definitely recommend number two, and yeah, maybe number three if you're really interested in the second one. Yeah, I mean, three just wraps things up. So, you know, I guess you might as well. I mean, they're so short, seriously. Like, the first one's yeah. a full <laughs> a full-on movie. It's nearly two hours. The second and third one are like 80 minutes. You could just pack them together if it's this one epic movie. Yeah, I was expecting to, like... I was, like, planning my day around watching those. It was, like, I'm going to like, four and a half hours. It was done, and I was like, huh, all right, well, I got a lot of time on my hands now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that is it, everybody. Thank you for listening, and have a good one.